Welcome to Triple Threat, the podcast with Jamel President, where it's good news and good vibes all the time, baby. When we left Portugal to come play with you and your system, Jamel, it was the best thing for Shane because you, you, you pushed him to do other things outside his box. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month. Hey, what's up, guys? Coming up on deck, we have uh, Cedric Weber, a good friend of mine, um, was my roommate in college. Um, one of the key things I got from, say, his interview is that um, his ability to go against the grain with his parents' um, interests, you know, not wanting him to be an entertainer and um, and walk the um, the trials and tribulations of life, per se. So uh, real hard restrictions was put on what he can do uh, with his God-given talent. So um, he made a way out, think, thought about it, and strategically made it happen for himself. So um, let's get into the interview and hear all about it. We get right into it. I know everybody's busy. Appreciate you coming on to um, our uh, podcast, you know, spending your time. I really appreciate it. You know, of course, we... Um, try to deliver good messages to families and communities. It's on the student athlete aspect and, you know, the translation of how those things, you know, come into you wearing a, a, a suit and tie at work right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> how all those things transpired. And that's awesome. So, um, so we get right into it. This is a triple threat with your male president with his good news and good vibes all the time, baby. We got my man Cedric Webb in the house. Say what's up, big guy going on? What's going on, man? Ain't nothing, nothing. So we'll get right into it, man. You know, like uh, one of our first topics we talked to a lot of athletes about is is that first coming up, that struggle, you know, from the parks um, to elementary school. Um, take us back to some of the parks and rivals. I know you're coming from the Big Apple and you probably spend a lot of time on the parks here too, but just give us some, a feed, give us some feedback on on the parks and rivals and, you know, where you came up from and how it all started. Well, um, like you said, I, I actually was born and raised in the, in the city of New York in the Bronx. So, you know, um, when I grew up, it was, that's all it was about was being at the park all day long, sun up, sun down. Um, and in New York, you know, we was known for, for dribbling, you know, Kenny Anderson, you know, God, Sham God and stuff like that. So, you know, it was almost battle, battled all day long to see who could basically embarrass the next person. Right, right. In other words, um, but we went hard. We went at it all day. And, and the main thing was having fun and was active, you know, um, in our neighborhood. But, you know, where I grew up at, there was two different uh, parks within probably a few miles apart from each other. So I was, I was in, a, um, I lived off of Dewey Avenue. And then there was a, another park, like I said, about a mile or two, but it was in another project. Um, so we would always go back and forth with each other. And we actually had another park on the other side um, called Shalai Avenue. 
But, um, you know, we, we would designate different days where we would go to your park, you come to our park, and then, you know, we would have basically a big tournament um, and we would have midnight tournaments and stuff like that. So we did a lot of different things, but we was just out there hooping all day long. Right. And so, so when did it click, you know, cause that's, that's park. And then did you realize in, in middle school, like you were, you, you, you were good. Uh, when the transition from New York to South Carolina happened and when did you start to be like, man, I want to, I want to play in high school. I want to, you know, go to college when when did those things start when those things starting to click well when i um i don't want to sound crazy but i knew i was always good um but it wasn't because of me having a big head or whatever it was because i i always played even at a young young age i would always go to the park and play with all the older dudes i get kicked off the court and all of that and then at some point they was like oh you know give them a try or whatever. And, and I always was able to, you know, stand my ground. So I, I always knew I had the grit. I had the heart. Um, and then once the skill level started showing um, to the older guys, um, I, I always knew that I was, I was going to play. And, you know, when I was in junior high school, my uncle, um, because a lot of people may not know my story, but I, I wasn't due to so religion. Go ahead. Why don't you enlighten us a little bit on your story? Okay, so a little bit about my story growing up. I was, you know, born and raised in a very, very religious family. And um, the quote-unquote um, doing things of the of the world or worldly things. Right, right. If, if you know, people understand that term, that was something that, um, I'm not going to say basketball, but entertainment as a whole was a worldly thing. So right. basketball was a part of that. So, you know, my parents, due to, you know, due to their belief, um, did not really um, want me to be a part of that. Um, so I lived in New York until my freshman year in high school. Uh, um, oh, I mean, to cut you off, but that's where the whole, like, when you first came to college, like, because it was, a, I mean, a, a brief stint about you not watching TV. You know yes. what I mean? And, yep. and, and, and so... Yeah, at this podcast, you know, our lives, you know, has been shaped from our things that happen in our life. So it's never a situation where, you know, I'm not saying you are, should, you know, shy away from, you know, expressing us, talking things. They shaped us regardless of how it happened. So, you know, when, 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 when I first heard it, yes, I was unaware of that. I like, thought it was kind of strange. But when I got to know you, I wasn't judgmental. So, you know, just I think when people tell their stories, it gives the audience a, 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 of, of understanding of, okay, now I see why X, Y, Z, or that was the reason why. So that's the whole reason of this thing. I, I want people to be open and talk about those things um, that help shape, you know, their careers and help them be who they, who they are. So yeah, continue. Oh yeah. I mean, every, everybody, everybody has a path, you know, there's no right or wrong path. Um, everybody just has a different path. Everybody have a different story. Right. And- this was just my story. Um, religious family, you know, was in New York until my freshman year in high school. We moved to Columbia, South Carolina. Um, throughout all that time, I played basketball. Uh, my parents. So you moved. you did exactly what your parents didn't want you to do. Well, it was it. That's, in many other terms, yes, but the respect level and the the parental. Um, 
I guess mindset was, you know, I, I'm not going to take away what my child, you know, wants to do because at some point, although I was, what, <laughs> 12, maybe right. old, 13. So, you know, thinking back now, you're like, wow, you, I, was, I was really saying that I'm going to play regardless. Right, right. Uh, but like you said, it, it, it's part of the story and how it shaped, you know, shaped my life and shaped my career. Correct. And yes, it was something that was against the religious belief. Correct. And I want everybody to understand that it wasn't against what my parents, parental, uh, my parents, you know, just did not want me to do at all. It was against the uh, religious belief. And only because of the, the bad influences that those, those yes. worldly things were bringing to your environment. So as a parent, you put boundaries and put things yes. up to pr protect your kid. That's totally yes. understandable. Yes. And at, of course, at the time, you know, I, I wasn't understanding that. Um, all I was understanding, just like any child, is I want to play ball. My boy's out there pooping. Um, and as you said earlier, once I started realizing that I'm really, really good and everybody else telling me I'm good, um, I, was, I'm always, I was always a step, step ahead. Um, and my mindset was going to, and this was when I was in New York, so before I even played high school ball, which was in South Carolina, I always had it in my mind. I was, it was six kids, five boys, one girl, okay? No one in my family, except for my, my mother and my father, went to college. Wow. But any of the kids, I was the third kid, and no one went to college. Wow. Okay? Wow. So my mindset at that point was, you know, we, we, we live in the Bronx. We live in a, a three-bedroom apartment six kids, two parents, so that's eight people. You know, we, my parents don't have money to send me through college. Right, right. No, I can get to college by playing basketball. Right. Um, so it was almost like a, like, a, <laughs> like a battle, you know, understanding the religious belief and what, what you believe in and somewhat of a realistic, you know, life uh, lesson of, hey, you know, I want to do this so you will not have to pay for me to go to college. So as a parent, what do you do or what do you say to that? And it's God given and it's and it's your God given talent. Yes. So we <laughs> we have so many different, you know, things that you look at, but you know, I, I can say now that, you know, back then I didn't understand it, but I understand it now because if you, you know, you're a very religious person, it doesn't matter what it is, you believe in what you believe. And you have to respect that. Totally. Um, as an individual, and which which this culminated into that, which is why we have we've had a great relationship even when I was in you know high school, into college, and even professionally. Um, and I'll, I'll get into that you know really really quick here, but you know it came to a point where we moved to Columbia, my ninth grade year. Um, it was still kind of a battle of you know the religious thing and. At that point, I really didn't want to get into it with my parents or, or any other things that was going on because we was moving and it was a big move. I never wanted to move from New York because I was supposed to go to St. Raymond's High School, which was one of the top um, wow. in the nation at the time. Wow. Um, so it was, it, was, it was one of those things that was just, just kind of crazy at the time for me being a kid. And I'm taking on all of this um, myself as a child because my parents didn't care anything about the sports or the athletic world. It's all about the books. Right. Um, I've, I've never, you know, I'm, I think I, I am 100% right. I, I've never been off the A honor roll, so the education part was never an issue. Right. Never. 
And so, you know, I've, it, it was just tough back then as a child, uh, but we moved. Um, I didn't play my freshman year in high school. Um, yeah, not sure, yeah, I'm not, and that's another thing. I'm not sure if a lot of people actually realize that, but I did not play my freshman year in high school um, at Keenan um, because of those reasons. Of course, everybody wanted me to play because I played at every gym. You know, the coaches knew, all the other players knew because we played at every gym in Columbia. Um, and we used to, I used to kill, yeah, of course. Sure. Me and, my and everybody, but just didn't play just because I didn't feel like going through all that. But <clears throat> ninth grade year, going into my 10th grade year, I, I, I said to myself, talk to my parents and let them know. You know, I, I respect that, you know, the religion, you know, has, you know, you, you believe that I shouldn't play basketball because of the entertainment value and being part of the worldly things and influencing this and that. But I said, I just want you to know that, you know, I, I'm doing this partially because of you, because I want to get a, go to college. I know you can't pay for it. Um, and, you know, I, I, I would ask for you to respect my belief that I want to play basketball and, um, you know, I went into it thinking that it was going to be, no, no, you know, you live under my roof and you got to follow my rules and this and that. And um, it was nowhere near like that. It was, you know, we do understand that this is something you want to do, but we just, we just have to let you know that we will not be able to support it a hundred percent, meaning being able to go to the games and, you know, be a part of all of that type stuff and things like that. So, um, you know, from then on, I, you know, I, that weight was lifted off my shoulder as a child right? <laughs> and um, was respectful of that. Um, never showed up to a game, uh, but knew all about it. Wow. That was all papers, their friends that they worked with, tell them about it, neighbors. So, you know, they all, they knew my whole career. So it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a thing. It was just, they was, wasn't present there because of religious beliefs. And um, even into college, as you know, because um, we were teammates, you know, they, they never came to a game, but they did, you know, show me the respect to show up to your senior. Um, and, um, you know, that was, that was a major, major thing. In today's time, our message, we got BJ Mackey. Meet Melvin and Larry my freshman year. Melvin even tell you. And he might have already told you before. We, 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 we talked, but he, you don't say he, I mean, it was like, uh, BJ, uh, we always go at it. It wasn't never nothing like, a, you know, something like that. We uh, we didn't really talk that much my freshman year. Right. You know, we talk occasionally, and, you know, out on the floor. Because Mel was just at, at a this guy is trying to take my spot. You know? What you, you should be trying to do. And, 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 you know, Larry wanted to shoot. I wanted to shoot. All of us had our different egos. That's what people always don't understand yes, how hard it is to, yes, sir. That's to, to, to manage and, and coach yeah. talented yeah. players. Now let's get back to the interview. Let me break right quick and get back. We'll get back to your high school career. But, yeah. you know, speaking about that, about uh, which, and that's why this is so powerful because that caveat you just you said it was left out a long time ago about the entertainment side of it, right? So me being a student athlete, the reason why I became a student athlete activist because, you know, 
of course, this thing right here, yeah, it made us who we are, we, we are right? Yeah. Not this thing per se, but the relationships, the exposure it brought, the education we obtained, all right? So now I'm thinking myself, when I get into a conversation about somebody and the first thing I ask about this, I get totally upset because I was entertaining, right? Yeah. And as a freshman, when you didn't play, because you was on the A-roll, because your religious beliefs was conflicting. I didn't play because I flunked off, flunked out of, for, as uh, off the team. Okay? Oh, yeah. So my perspective of things on how I look back at my life didn't have those boundaries, didn't have that, 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 that protection around me, allowed me to make a lot of decisions in high school, college, that that's what are regrettable today. But we're moving forward, sometimes, you know, and I let you get into it. You appreciate, you know, the the, the family. I forgot. Um, I forgot her name from Columbia, Marcy, and them that, that brought you in. Living Liz. You know, talk about that because that family brought you in, took care of you, supported you. And even though your parents wasn't there, they were. They were the supportive parents that they filled that void. They want you. They never can fill that void of your real parents, but they fill that void of your athletic parents that you needed to to be in the stand. So. In closing, finish that out, and then let's talk about the, re the recruiting wars when you get to uh, you know your high school year, King. Yes, and I'm uh, uh, and I'll make it short and sweet. Um, but <clears throat> that was a big void that was uh, was filled. Um, speaking of my, which is my godmother, um, and you know we can go on a million podcasts about my life. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> Got so many different things, but um, you know from you know, uh, moving to Columbia, um, getting my first job at a, a fabric warehouse where I met um, um, Liz and Marcy. Um, they love sports. Um, so it almost kind of, you know, we talk about religion, we talk about beliefs and everything. It's almost things happen for a reason and God don't make mistakes. Um, told them our story and, you know, they basically took me on as their own child. Wow. I mean, I was actually the son that Liz never had. And she wow, wow, always wow. wanted a son. Wow. So, you know, I actually moved in with them going into my uh, freshman year of college. Right. Um, just to kind of lighten the load of me being, quote unquote, you know, in the worldly things from my parents. So that wouldn't be, you know, that wouldn't be any conflict at all. Although it wouldn't have been, but just to kind of make things more comfortable. You know, my parents knew them as well, so it, w it wasn't no issues at all. Um, but bringing it all back, they were the ones who were fully supporting me coming to the games, you know, um, and coming to every single game. Right, right, right. So there, there was no, you know, there was no, no missed beats at all. As you said, you know, you, you brought them up before I did. Everybody knew who they were. It was at my games. They was fully supporting me. Anything that I needed, you know, it was there. Right. You know, things do happen for a reason, and it's part of that growth, as you said, because you would have, you would have never been able to write that story if you didn't know anything about it. For sure. And a lot of people that don't really know the, the extension of it. And I think yes. no matter how much you're <laughs> secured and, and bonded and protected, like we are emotional beings. Like <laughs> anything could easily. I think that support system that they brought you help you to succeed because you know we as we want to show off for somebody 
Yes. You know what I mean? If nobody in the stands for us to show off for, then it's kind of it's, it's a void that's that's not there. Yeah, talking on the phone, all that's all that's good, but I want to be able to, to 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 do a good move and look up at you and see you clapping and see your response to that. Oh yeah. And that's what they provided oh. for you. Oh yeah. And one one quick thing before you go on to the next one. When these things happen throughout your lives, you know, and if kids or parents or coaches are, you know, looking at this, don't ever shy away from uh, tests and trials. Um, we don't, we, you know, of course, I, I didn't see that back then. But as an adult now, though, that, that was nothing but a test and a trial for me. For sure. Um, because I could have shied away from it and my life could have been totally different. Um, and it's a lesson in confidence. You're confident in your ability, you're confident in yourself, and you are confident in being able to manage, as we say, life right now, but back then, just, just manage yourself and be disciplined. Anything can happen. Mm. That's major. So um, your high school, your senior year, you're putting up certain type of numbers, getting some looks. Take us back to the recruiting wars, YCFC. Y, all right. Um, senior year. Uh, once again, I didn't play my freshman year, so I, I played three years of quote-unquote organized basketball. Um, I was all, always known as a, you know, park ball player, street ball, or whatever you want to call it. Um, but going into my senior year, I actually never – I didn't play AAU basketball. Hmm. So, you know, I know this is a passion of yours, so I'm, I'm going to bring a little bit of light to – you know, these kids with all this AU and, you know, spending so much well, money. AU is not a passion of mine. Well, travel okay. basketball is. <laughs> okay. That's travel basketball. Yeah. In that world. Um, but yeah, I, I, I never was fully exposed to that um, until my, till my, right before my senior year. Um, so I, 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 I didn't get a lot of college looks. Prior to then, it was a it was a few here and there, um, but um, at the time in Columbia, I was with B.J. Mackey, um, Bud Johnson. We got Jermaine O'Neal. Legends. Um, we got a few other guys that you know. It was it was a lot of great guys coming up at my time, during my time. And I'm and I was almost like the black sheep because I'm I'm from New York, so I'm just come I'm coming into South Carolina, where the basketball is pretty good, the um, <laughs> the the misnomer about you know uh, northern kid coming to play in the South. There's always some tension there, so you know I was almost under the radar, although I was pretty good. You know I was like I was like the black sheep, the outsider, you know trying to get in. So it was you know I had to work a little bit harder, but. You know, it wasn't an issue for me. But so a lot of the schools who knew those guys from when they was in middle school and things like that, followed them the whole time. And then some new kid jumps up on the scene and, you know, I, I held my own. But I had to work, you know, work that much harder, which is, you know, what I do anyway. Um, going to my senior year, started getting letters um, and started, you know, started getting the bags full of letters and boxes full of letters and things like that. And, you know, I, I've, I had, I would say I had schools from around the nation 
Um, at the time, I didn't have, you know, the Dukes and North Carolinas and things like that. But, you know, I had to, I remember I had a school um, at the time called Wisconsin. And I didn't know what Wisconsin was, where Wisconsin was. <laughs> um, there was a letter that came. So, you know, when I was, when I was trying to make a decision, I didn't have no, I really didn't have no direction. Right. And, you know, and this goes back to, you know, my parents with the religious thing and not really, you know, having a game plan or whatever. And at the time, my coaches, you know, un unfortunately, my high school coach wasn't, you know, just, just wasn't that. Right. That coach who, you know, would put you through, you know, a educational um, thing to getting recruited and what you should look out for and things like that. So it was almost like I was all like really, really on my own. Right. Um, like 90% of the kids right now anyway, but continue. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, so, you know, when I really started trying to somewhat understand it with a little bit of knowledge that I did, you know, gain uh, with my brother and, you know, talking to some people, we had just really gotten settled in South Carolina. So I said to myself, I didn't want to leave, you know, my parents, I didn't want to go too, too far, um, but I wanted to get away from Columbia. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I, I had the schools, the Winthrop's, the Warfords, the Citadel, Charleston Southern, College of Charleston, um, you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of surrounding states and areas here. Um, and at the time CFC was, was getting on the map. You're popping. Had Marion Busby, you know, had that big Thad Delaney, you know, Stacey Harris, those guys, it was, they, they were coming on the map. And, um, you know, I, I had some quote unquote, you know, bigger schools than the College of Charleston at the time that I probably could have went to. But I always said, I'm not going somewhere just to sit the bench. Right. Um, I want to at least put myself in a position where I'm going to get some playing time or whatever. And, um, you know, um, my final decision, um, I, I committed early. And, you know, I say to this day, it was. The main reason I committed early uh, was due to Coach Dwayne Grace. <laughs> and um, I can truly say that if it wasn't for him, I'm not sure if I would have ended up going to the College of Charleston. Um, but I'm glad I did. Um, but Dwayne Grace, you know, he, he came to – we had a, uh, a dunk contest. Uh, well, actually, we had an all-star game in Columbia. Um, and um, there was a dunk contest between – me and Courtney Alexander, I think, at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, prior, before that, I had, you know, did some things with Coach Grace or whatever. But what, you know, solidified it. You know, we had that game, and I, I, won, I actually won the dunk contest. And um, I saw Dwayne uh, in, um, in the stands at the time. And back then, like I said, I, I, I didn't really know too much about the recruiting and the coaches being able to come to stuff. But I was just so in awe that, you know, some guy was following me all over the place. <laughs> like, who is this dude? <laughs> right. right. You know what I mean? But once I, you know, understood what it was, because, yeah, you had schools that would send you a letter here or there, but, you know, are they really, do they really have your interests, the best interests at hand? They're just sending you a letter, but you've never met them or seen them. Right. Never had a conversation with them, or they've never called, you, called your parent to, you know, let them know why they want you. And I think a lot of kids don't, you know, don't get that early on. 
you know, you, you can have so many letters, just like, you know, Jamel, and we just said earlier, it is about entertainment, but you don't want it, you don't want that entertainment to cloud, cloud up your, uh, your view of things when you're trying to pick a school. Uh, because <clears throat> going for the entertainment value, you're going to miss out on a lot. Hey, what's up, guys? Check this out. If you're coming into the Charleston area, or maybe leaving at the Charleston area, and you want to avoid long lines and be greeted by friendly, sweet people, go check out Mark over at Avis and Budget Car Rental at 7685 Northwoods Boulevard. When you go see Mark and you mention Triple Threat Podcast, you receive 30% discount on your rental. They also offer compact to large SUVs and vans to rent with quick, easy transaction and check us out and limited mileage on most rentals. So give Mark a call at 843-572-3190. Don't forget to mention Triple Threat Podcast. And I think the more I talk to people, it sounds like Grace, Grace, I mean, Crest coached the team, but it sounds like Grace picked the team. You know what I mean? Definitely. Definitely. Because like everybody's like, well, I went here because of Grace. I went in and, you know, cool, calm, collective, Obama-type mode guy. Yep. You know what I yep. mean? So yep. I can see how he can, you know, relate to uh, 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 a lot of uh, young males that, that's potentially looking for a father figure, someone that looks like them, someone that can be comfortable in a setting that they're not comfortable in. And that's, yep. that's really what it's all about, building relationships when, you know, when you get to these institutions. Because um, I remember, you know, because I came early too, I, uh, my grandfather died and my uncle passed. I was at Folk Union. You know, ironically, Wisconsin and Clemson was um, recruiting me. And then with, because um, uh, Terrell McIntyre got the, got the nod at, uh, at Clemson. And then um, Wisconsin was just too cold and too far. And so I, I stayed home and I never, Spectra was, Spectra was uh, with freshmen coming in. Yeah. Yep. And I got a call from Coach Crash. You're like, Jamel, you got to come in, Jamel. We got this guy from Columbia, Jamel, like six, seven guy, Jamel. Get high, fly, Jamel. And then um, I never forget it. We walk, I came down to the gym. I didn't come to hoop, I just come to chill. And uh, y'all guys are sitting on the bleachers, you know what I'm saying? And I, that's when I, we, we first met. Talk about, you know, Chris, man. Talk about his regimen. And there's plenty of stories about, you know, my main thing is the time, you know, being placed at 7.12, 7.15, I mean, 7.17. Um, yeah. um, the discipline, the preparation. Um, and I take all those 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 characteristics and I implement them into my daily life right now. What's a what's a takeaway that you can um you can kind of say you learn from his influence and how you apply it to your everyday life? Well, I mean you you, you said a few of them already, but um Coach Cress um is a legend, as as we all know. There's no uh, doubt about that. Um he is the best X's and O's coach you could ever want. Um, and I've, I've been through a lot of coaches, 
you know, from, you know, the high school to college professionally, um, by far, he's the best that I've ever had. Um, and it is because of those things with the preparation, with the, you know, the discipline. And, and you, you said something real quick about how, you know, we would have a, uh, <laughs> we would have practice, uh, we have our schedule, we have our conditioning, we have our video. And up on that board, he would have a time or on his sheet of paper on his schedule, he'll have 513. And we're like, 513? Is he serious? 513 to 519. Mm. We're, we're, we're stretching. Mm. 519 to 525. You know, we're, we're in the layup line. Mm. He was that discipline and that to the point um and everything was in a system it was very very systematic and you know if if there is something that you you know you did not take away from that um then i would say it's something wrong with you because you you would never be able to forget that right and doesn't matter if you you know you 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 leave college and you go play professionally when you go play professionally you know you're you're totally on your own now right you know you 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 go back from high school to college okay college i mean high school depending on what high school coach you have you may not be as disciplined and may not be as professionally run or whatever it is but when you get to college of course it changes you right. know even in even in college you have the assistant coaches you have the the trainers you have everybody who's also helping out um, to make sure that you're on point by, you know, giving you reminders that you need to, you know, be showed up for study hall or show up to practice or conditioning. But when you get to professional, uh, the professional level, you ain't got all that. Right. <clears throat> they, they get paid um, to win games and they don't get paid to babysit. So right. if you can't practice on time or you ain't, um, you know, you haven't eaten when you're supposed to eat, then you could be out of a job. So a lot of that helped out with our discipline, you know, going on to the uh, professional level. Um, it going, you know, once I finally got it out of my head that I was done professionally and was going to hit the corporate world, you know, that helped out with that. You know, there's <clears> one thing I always remember to say that, you know, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. All the time. If you if early, you're on time. So that a lot of that came from the coach Chris and that you know those regiments. So being a player in that system, you know, it's, oh, it's, the scoring was 15, 14, 13, 12, <laughs> 11, right? right? And it was so controlled, and everybody contributed. Like <clears throat> I looked at the shot clock. I mean, I got seven to eight shots. You know, like you don't you're not getting 15 shots a game unless you're yeah Weber or somebody like that. But anyway, yeah, twelve. Um, Anyway, but I was talking to Chris, right? And I asked him, I was like, um, and this is what I take out of, out of life. I was like, you know, you know, he would call all these plays. And I was like, Coach, you, when we were playing, you never called my play. He's like, well, Jamel, I knew you would get yours. I knew you would find a way to figure it out. So I didn't have to do that. And that's my biggest takeaway with him. But Dealing with Shane, Anthony Johnson, Dorico, like I sit in my room at nights, man, and I'm got I gotta figure this out. 
Yep. What, is, what does he want? Because Shane ain't doing this. Shane is coming to late. Shane ain't coming to conditioning. Shane ain't coming to weights. But guess what? Shane ain't turning that beep over either. Shane yep. is playing good defense. Shane knows what he wants in practice, right? So I'm not a point guard. Anthony's a point guard, but I'm a two in the point guard body. Like, I'm trying to figure this out. Give me some, 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 some instance where, because who, who was your nemesis? Stacey Harris, Stacey. Danny, uh-uh, just Carlos. Stacey. Like, just Stacy. Just Stacy? What that look like, man, in your room thinking, like, what that, because he did, he did it with y'all, bro, did it with, with yep. Marshall. Like, he, but that's what he did. He ring, man, he ring, he ring, yeah. ring and ring to get the best out of you. And he makes you deal with your, make you deal with yourself internally. Take yes. me back. Well, and, and you're 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 100 right about that. You know, when I when I talk to people, or you know, just us and the guys be talking, for some reason it always comes comes to that. Like how Coach Chris was able to just dangle dangle something in front of every single person to get the best out of them. He'll either do it in front of you, behind your back. It don't matter. But. He will dangle something to get the best out of you. But at the same token, he mentally prepared you for it. And, you know, it was up to you right. to, uh, like you always said. Always was fair, too. He always was fair. That's right. That's right. It was up to you to figure it out because he was going to give you that opportunity. Right. Um, but, you know, he, he, he would have us in there battling, battling, battling. And, you know, as we always talk, our practices was – Harder than our games that we played. Brutal. You know, our, you know, our preparation was so, I mean, our preparation was crazy. As you know, we, we, we would know where our, you know, our offenders were going to be, the other team was going to be before they even was at their spots, running their plays for them. Um, but, yeah, he, he would always make it a mission of his to take you right to the brink of, almost hating your teammate. Right. And not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. In but a, in, I, in I a tell you all the time. I tell you all the time. Shane and I first, when I, when I realized the level of, okay, coach, this is what you want. Shane was walking down George Street. I crossed the street. <laughs> I crossed the street because I don't want to talk to Shane. Because yeah. I know in that video room, if there's a loose ball, Everybody's here. If coach see me get that loose ball on film, I might get that nod. Yeah. Yeah. And if Shane's my boy, I can't take your head off. You know, that's why I was always good with the the big, like the big dad, you guys, like the big boys. Cause my, if, if if you play the same position, I I can't <laughs> I can't help you if it's if it's <laughs> between me and you and this thing, yeah. I gotta get this thing. Period. And so, talk about the time because he makes you hate. He makes you hate your teammates. Makes you work hard. He almost makes you get arrested for breaking in the gym just to get okay. extra work. <laughs> Take us talk. Talk to us about that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened Listen. with that? Listen, we 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 were so 
mentally prepared and we were so, you know, we, it was almost like a drug test. Sure. It, was, it was just a competitive nature. We always wanted to be the best, no matter what it took. And, you know, the, the time that, you know, that Jamel is discussing, we, you know, we, we always play ball. We always play against each other. Um, sometimes we would invite some other, you know, some other guys that we thought good were, were able to play with us. Um, but we, you know, we would go to the gym, you know, all time, day, all time and night, you know, as long as we can get the guys together. And um, it was one instance where um, I think it was either a Saturday or a Sunday. Um, we were in the gym and, um, you know, as we know it, it's our gym. You know, we can do what we want to do. So, yeah. of course, as long as we have the, the blessing of our coach, who's Coach Chris, you know, we can go in at any time. For some reason, you know, uh, campus police came to the, uh, the gymnasium while we were playing. And this was – we was in the middle of a competitive game. Right. Um, and um, they told us we had to go. And um, at first, you know, kind of all of us was like, I don't even know what this guy talking about. Well, we pretty much just ignored him. And, um, you know, he kept saying it, and we just kept playing until he, he walked on the court. And, you know, for anybody who knows me back when we were playing, I was always the mouthy one. Um, and to me, it was I was leadership qualities. Right. That's what I used to say to myself, to make myself feel good. But, um, but I always, you know, at the end of the day, I was, wanted to stick up for my teammates. Right. Um, and I, I, would take the, I would take the brunt of anything for them. But, um, but he came on the court and, you know, it was like, you know, you guys got to go. You guys better go. And then he started talking to us like we were little kids or whatever. And that really got under my skin. And I was like, you know, we're, we're here. You know, this is our gym. We got permission to be in here. Um, so you can leave. And um, he, kept, he kept staying on there. And he finally said, if you guys do not leave, then, you know, we're going to arrest you. I was like, really? So I stopped. I think I stopped the game and then I approached him and I told him, I said, man, I don't care what you say or do. We're not leaving and you can call the real police because you ain't the real police. And he took exception to that. And uh, so he started, he actually chased me. And um, of course he couldn't catch me. So we right. were going around the gym. Everybody was laughing, laughing, laughing. Till I was like, man, this dude is really, really serious. So I stopped and I was like, okay. I said, I'm gonna stop. Yeah, um, he put me in handcuffs, and um, which was the worst thing he could have ever done. Right. Um, he put me in handcuffs, and when I was going to the car, of course, I already told the guys to call Coach Chris. And when I got in that car, I told him, I said, "Sir, I said this is probably the biggest mistake you ever done, you ever did." I said, "Because before you even leave downtown, you probably gonna get a call. Right. So you probably gonna be out of a job." Right. And, um, of course, you know, he, he was being whatever. Um, and when Coach Chris get a call, <laughs> anybody knows. <laughs> so Coach Chris got that call and that phone rung in the car. And I said, oh, I think you better answer that, buddy. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But he, he really was trying to speed to get me to – he didn't, he didn't want to take me to campus uh, – uh, the campus we, station. We're gonna he, take you down to the big county jail. jail. Wow. Uh, yeah, he was. He was trying to take me to the county jail and uh, on Leeds Avenue, but um, you know, it was just one of those things. But 
you know, it, it was something that, you know, at the end of the day, I, I didn't care, you know, what it was. We, was. we were we were playing, we were hooping, we was working hard. You know, we, we, we always wanted to, to play all day, every day. In this time out message, we have Janet Carter. So if I had unlimited resources, um, <clears throat> it would be wonderful to have a, a a program that would be in the community that would be easily accessible to students and, and student athletes and really any any kid um, to gain the knowledge that they would need for you know wellness, but mm-hmm. also to provide not just not just information, like not just standing in front of them and teaching them, but providing them with the tools like exactly cooking skills or um, taking them to a grocery store and shopping around with them or actually giving them healthy food. Now let's get back to the interview. That's, that's the effects of, of, of wanting to get better and needing to get better because it, it wasn't no lay down time. It wasn't no rest time. You, you had to prepare all the time. So, you know, in, in closing and talking about, about, about Coach Kress, um, what were some of your, 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 your – we had a bunch of them. We had tons of big wins. But what would you say the, your, 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 your biggest win that you said, you know, that we contribute to the college? So what was the biggest win? And the accolades. Like I mentioned before, you're the only player that was in, had most valuable play in two different conferences that had never been done before. Talk about talk about that accolade and, and what what was your biggest win at the college per se? Oh man, like I said, we did have a lot. Um, I guess you know historically our biggest win would be you know the win against uh, North Carolina um, due to the fact that they were number three in the nation at the time that we wow. beat them. Um, so you know that that. That I would say is, is one of the top ones, but you know we beat Maryland um, as well, um, and we were considered the you know mid major right um, back back when it was they really started talking about mid majors and and quote unquote giant killers. So you know we were we were winning a lot of games and we were beating up on a lot of schools. Um, I mean we went to the Great Alaska Shootout and and we 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 almost won that. Um, came up short by losing to uh, Kentucky, um, who at the time was Rick Pitino. Stanford that year. Stanford, yeah. We so you know we we had a lot of a lot of big time wins, but you know realistically, even you know with at the time in our conference, you know wins over Florida International they were big. Um, were were some big big wins because they they were very very competitive competitive. Yeah, two NBA players in Carlos yes. Arroyo and uh, Roger Bell. Roger Bell, yep. So you know people would immediately go to the North Carolinas and things like that. But I I think about those gritty games, mm-hmm. in those games because we always mm-hmm. always had the bullseye on us, so we could never take a a night off. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you know talk to people or you hear stuff sometime back then that. You know, we were playing in a, you know, small conference or whatever. No, it's not about the, the conference itself. It's about the uh, competition level. Um, right. And if you have the, the bullseye on you every single night, 
um, you you cannot fall asleep at all. And that's we was we were like that our whole career. But we dominated. We dominated. So if we was playing in a in a, in a so called conference, then okay, we dominated the conference. That's what we supposed yep. to do. And we played yeah. in that so conference. But we also beat. You know, what I'm saying people that you know also the the UMass's, the Stanford's. Yes. Um, I mean, the list goes on. So that I mean, I w- I would never you know Arizona State. Arizona State. Yep. Yeah. So. Um, so let's say high school, you're leaving college of Charleston and, um, start getting calls from agents to go play ball overseas. Take us, um, take us, you know, quickly into the, into the, to the agent life, how your agent was obtained, um, <clears throat> how many years you played. But prior to that, here's adversity again, you had back surgery. Mm-hmm. Right, major back surgery to put you down for what? You down for what? Six, eight, about six, eight months, something like that. Pretty much six, eight months, and um, and you came back from that tremendously. I never knew, you know, I've been doing basketball training for you know twenty some odd years now, but I never knew I actually started my career in college because I helped my six, seven roommate on how to shoot a jumper. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. And that thing is so pretty right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Talk about the back surgery. Talk about the struggle, the times to come back with that, and then involved because you can. I mean, the, the surgery that you have is a season career ending. Well, yeah, it, well, well um, it, anything with the back is 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 serious. Um, but culminating from from college to the professional level, um, I'll first get into you know finding an agent. You know, once again, you know, for me, it was almost like the Spitting image of um, from high school to, to college, you know, had a little more help in in college, but I, I me personally, you know, overall, I didn't. I, I don't. I don't think me personally. I can only talk about myself. I did not receive the um, the tutelage um, that a college athlete, or at least a top college athlete, would need to have um, to understand how to navigate those. You know those waters. Right. Um, if you want to try to play professionally, um, and I would say, and I'll say it till I die, if there was only, if there was one thing that I I totally regretted and I, I I had a bad taste in my mouth from the College of Charleston is um, the help that was not given to us as athletes mm. um, that wanted to go play professionally. Um, right. I'll leave right. that at that. But um, but yeah, you know I I. I was able to get drafted in a minor league um, after USBL in yeah in the in the USBL and and that that was after you know we we finished up losing um, to Tulsa in the tournament the Tulsa game I got got into a collision um, towards the end of the game I'm at half court um, and my back started hurting me and. You know, it subsided after that, um, but I always had something going on. I can always feel, but I have, I have a very high tolerance. Once again, back to my, um, you know, uh, religious religious thing. Didn't take a lot of medicine, so I was I was able to, you know, kind of deal with a lot of different things when it comes to tolerance of pain. But I continued to play on it. Um, got drafted in the USBL, played the, played that whole season. Always had a little faint pain in my kind of glute area. Um, thought it was just a pulled muscle in my glute, as I was told, you know, by someone. Um, 
continue continue to do it, continue to play. Had an actually really really good season. Um, you know, was getting was getting looks from from overseas, and um, I was able to land a contract um, to go to Sweden um, in Stockholm, which is the capital of Sweden. Um, so I went over there, <clears throat> and we were in training and conditioning preseason, going up and down the court, doing some uh, just wind sprints. Went up one time, came back, went up another time. Um, third time I came back when I planted to turn, I just felt something just, uh, not saying pop, but it was a pain that you, you know, you just would never, ever want to have. Um, and I fell straight to the ground. And from then on, um, prior to this, I, I, we, never, we never got an MRI. Mm. Uh, we always got an X-ray. Mm. You know, as an athlete or anybody, you, you, you know, you would understand what an mm. X-ray can show you and what an MRI can show you. So when I finally got the MRI in Sweden, it showed that I had a herniated disc mm. that was mm. protruding straight through my uh, sciatic nerve canal. Whoa. Yes. And when they first saw that, they thought I was crazy. They was like they don't they don't understand how I was able to, you know, go that long with that um, herniated disc through that nerve canal. But um, so you know, I, I had to deal with that. Um, once again, it was another decision thinking of religious and thinking of this and thinking of that, with the you know no surgery or medicine, all you know all that type stuff. Um, but you know, I, I finally made a decision because I could have done it naturally by. Um, doing, um, I forgot what they call it, but where they stretch your body, you know, they'll pull one from the other. Um, so the disc. Um, and pop back in place. Yes. Well, well, it's not really pop back in place, but it would be contrast um, <clears throat> because it was basically, it was a, it was a, the disc was here and then it was, this was pushing so hard that it was pushing it out into the nerve canal. And um, the only way that it would relieve is if those two discs would open up to give this some room to, you know, but basically it was swollen. Right. All it really is. That's what a herniated disc is. And, um, but, you know, I knew I needed to pray. I wanted to pray professional. And, you know, I talked to some great doctors um, at the time and they told me that it would be non, you know, non like invasive at the time they had new technology where they didn't really have to cut you and, do all this and that, so they were able to do a non-invasive one, do the laser, put put the little pins in, and then do whatever you need to do. Um, and at the time, and and you said about six to eight months, it wasn't that long. Um, it was I was out eight weeks initially, um, and then about well, I guess it was about six months. It was about three to four months of uh, rehab. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but you know that was that was. That was part of the story and just another thing, man. And then that allowed you to play in the Philippines and Australia. How long, how long was your career? Five, six years? But my full career um, from college to professionally was um, eight to nine years. So from, from the USBL, getting surgery, going to um, Sweden, after that I came, came back and I, I did – I think I went to Venezuela. Um, then I got drafted with the NBA's developmental league right. for the season with them with the North Charleston Logators. Stayed there for two, about two, two and a half years. 
Um, then I was with the Columbus River Dragons. Um, in between those, I was in the Philippines, um, Venezuela again. Um, went over to uh, Korea. I went over to Australia. Been to a lot of, I don't know, I've been to a lot, a lot of different places. I was somewhat injury plagued because things were happening. When I was in the Philippines, I uh, fractured my fifth metatarsal. <laughs> Which well, is the, I didn't know you did that. I, I did mine too. I didn't oh, know. Yeah. yeah, I actually did mine twice. Wow. Um, first time I think I came back too early, and it happened actually at the college. Uh, we was hooping one summer. And actually, everybody was there. AJ, um, I think Draper and them at the time. But um, but yeah, I popped that again, and I had to get a screw in it. So I got a screw in my foot um, on my fifth metatarsal. <clears throat> in there so but ever since then it's been fine so yeah it's, it's been about eight or nine years and you know decided to have a family got married and at towards the end I I could have played more but I had some uh, particles behind my uh, left kneecap that I that I didn't get scoped um, at the time when I was in in um, in China no and um, when I was in China then I went to Korea I didn't get it scoped because I, I didn't, I never wanted to do it overseas. Right, right. <laughs> I didn't do it overseas, and I, you know, I just didn't do it. Um, and I knew it was towards the end. Well, in my mind, I thought it was towards the end of my career because um, I would have had to go to another rehab. I would have had to do this, had to do that. It was just a grind. Right. Um, and that's, you know, that was just part of my story. And I just decided, you know, I'm having a family, have my first child, um, 2007, got married in 2008, and just decided, I said, you know, I think, I think I'll hang it up professionally so I can raise a family and, you know, it's never looked back ever since. And I segue into my another question. My other, my other question, you know, being a dad and, you know, all these different, you know, things we've learned through sports and different coaches and trials and tribulations. Um, what's your overall philosophy of sports and how do you, implement some of the things you learned with raising your kids today? All right. Um, that's a great question. Um, my philosophy on sports is as a parent, if you can get your child involved in any team sport, they will be better off in their, um, in their future because you learn so much. Um, you learn how to deal with different personalities. You learn discipline. Um, you learn, you know, uh, you, you, you just learn so much being with a team because it's not only you relying on yourself. You know, sometimes you may be, you may be the, uh, you know, you may be the person that is the best person on the team but um, you also have to understand that everything doesn't have to be on you. Um, so that's a skill set that, that, that you, that you got to know because, you know, you get into that corporate world and you're the president of a company, you can't do everything. Right. You right. know, you, you <clears throat> be able to rely and trust on others. You to be able to rely. Yes, sir. So, you know, you, you learn a lot from, you know, playing sports and being um, on a team sport and um, you know, those things, you know, when, when you get older and you become a parent, um, you can bring those same attributes um, 
with uh, raising your child, um, but also what, what, what you can take from it is you know what not to teach your child. Um, because if you have went through something and you know that it's something that, you know, is, is not going to help, you know, help them out, then you can let them know, hey, you know, I, I've been through that, um, that route and, and you don't need to go that route. You know, there's a, there's a lot, uh, there's a lot easier route, um, easier routes for you to go. And here it is because I've been there. I've done that. And that's an advantage that I think I have over, you know, some parents. Um, and when it comes to sports, um, because, you know, you, you're, you're a parent yourself, so you understand it. You know, if, if we've been there and done that, we don't want to see our child, you know, go jump off a roof if we know they ain't going to live. Right, right. I mean, I know that's being excessive, but, you know, we, we know that, you know, if, you're, if you want to play a sport and you want to, you know, you, you want to go play for a JV team, but, you know, you, you can't make a left-hand layup, then yeah, you're probably going to be limited on, on the things you're going to be able to do. Yes. So, so, so as, so as parents, we, we know that we have to prepare them a lot earlier. Um, so they can be whenever they do aspire to be on a JV team or a B team or whatever, we can at least prepare them um, and give them the right tools. So, so that's, that's what I have brought from sports to parenting and, um, you know, having my child ready. He made a name for himself as a star for the College of Charleston basketball teams in the mid to late 90s. And now, Jermell President is doing what he can to make sure that the Charleston area kids have a chance to succeed on the court and in life. So I want to, you know, give some of that back to the community as well. Um, after college and after playing professionally, uh, I started the Day Foundation just to, to be that wealth of knowledge to the kids in the community and, and parents as well. College of Charleston Hall of Famer Jamel President said he saw a need for this while he was in school. So he founded the nonprofit Day Foundation. And his philosophy for success is based on what he calls his oatmeal recipe. Let's go and finish together. Basically, teaches the game of basketball, focusing on skills, development, nutrition, and education. Not only SAT, ACT type stuff, but education for parents in how to navigate through the different levels of athletics. What I've developed over a period of time from all the things that I've accumulated that needs to be done with an athlete, no matter what sport you play, no matter what career you're in. In closing, I want to give you get I want to get your input on the oatmeal recipe. Um, three things that the oatmeal recipe, three ingredients are skill development, education, and nutrition. No matter what sport, no matter what career, you got to have skill. You got to be skilled in whatever you do. Mm -hmm. um, and as far as relationships, dealing with people, talking, that's a skill. Education, I ask people all the time, where 20 points a game, you ask any player, if I, was, if I knew how to score 20 points a game without sweating, it would be a whole lot different. Well, just adding two layups per quarter and then going to the free throw line when the seven to 10 team fouls. Easy. And then last, nutrition. Um, I go to a lot of games and see a lot of people, you know, drinking sodas, eating Skittles, you know, kids before games. It's really not good for their body. Um, but first, your skill development. Talk about that and how important skill development is to you. I, th I think skill development is probably the number one, probably the number one, which it seems like that's what's on your list because you said skill development uh, first. But um, 
without the skills, I mean, how are you going to succeed? Um, you know, so, you know, if, if you can polish up a, a, a young child's skill set, their path is going to be a lot easier than anybody else that's coming up. And then, which is what I try to preach to my daughter. I have two two daughters, one that's 13 and one that's uh, nine. And that's what I try to, you know, let them know all day, every day. Learn this stuff now, practice and focus on this stuff now. So whenever you are ready to take it to that quote unquote next level, you're gonna be that much more ahead of the next person because I'm sure that they have not put in the time that is needed to get these skills. And there's 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 two things that I told my, <clears throat> my oldest daughter, but she's she's more so of the athlete and basketball player. <clears throat> Is I'm not gonna put you out on that court if you do not know how to handle the ball. <clears throat> okay, you don't have to be the best ball handler, you don't have to be, you know, whatever. But if you do not know how to handle that ball comfortably, right? Okay, I wanna I do wanna say that. <laughs> Handle the ball comfortably, not putting you out on that court. And the second thing is just have the basic fundamental aspects of making a layup and a jump shot. <clears throat> Those three things. All right. I was kind of torn if I would have to decide between skill development and education for you, because I would I would thought education would be would be first because I mean you did study on Friday and Saturday nights, but anybody oh, yeah. else, and and because of the the boundaries we set, your your parents set, I would figure that that would be. But skill development just is important. But it, but express your education, um, intellect. Well, well, and you know, and and you know, we're we're not gonna go go back on it, but education is is the number one key, but. When we talk about basketball and the sport, the number one thing is the skill set. Gotcha. Because gotcha. in basketball in the sport itself, you can be athletic, you can be, you can jump out the gym, but if you ain't got the skill set, I don't care how you can jump, I don't care. For sure. And we see that all the time. So when it comes to the basketball and the sport, I would say you have to have those skill sets and the fundamental skill sets to be successful. Sure. Now, you can even get to that Yes, we know that education is the key. Um, as, you know, as we've preluded to a few times, my parents don't care nothing about sport, you know, basketball, whatever. It was all education, education, education. Um, so before I can even do anything, if I wanted to go out and play in the park, in the hood or whatever, I had to do my, my homework. And, you know, I had to fear in my heart enough to know that, you know, although my parents are working and I'm home with my brothers, we gotta get that work done. If I don't get my school work done, my, my moms and pops come home, and I'm out on that part. Okay, <laughs> they'll be out there, right there with a the belt, everything on the. <laughs> I know they can't do that these days, but we got all the and more. <clears throat> but exactly. Uh, Go ahead. <clears throat> no, what I wanted to say educationally, I, it, and it's just a um, a balance. That's all it is. For sure. Just some discipline. You know, I, I mean, I had it in me just because of how I was raised. Um, but my parents always told me. He said, my parents said. You know, I don't, I don't, as long as you get it done. If you get it done, you can do, you know, you can do what exactly. you want. Exactly. I mean, if, and which is what I teach my daughters now. You know, if you're at, if you're at school, and we know they're not at school now because of virtual or whatever, but right. if you're at school at the end of the day, 
instead of talking to your friends once your last class is over, start getting your work done. Because by the time you get home, if you're on a bus and you do your work while you're on the bus, you get home, you ain't got to do no work. You know what? Right. Well, now you can go play all day, all night, all you want to. <laughs> I, I kept that all with me, even That's through college. Awesome. I said, awesome. once I finished with my class, I got my work done. And sometimes, which I don't recommend, but you know, if you're in a class and you know, you know that you probably don't have much more review to, that has to be done. I'll be doing my homework at the end of the class. Cause right. I know the class is already done. So I've already got a head start on getting my homework done. Cause I know I want to go hoop or I want to go do something else. And the same thing. Discipline. discipline. Yeah, discipline. And the same thing happened in college. I, you know, you know, y'all used to trip with me and all the time, which, you know, was cool. But what I, what I said was, I'm going to party as much as y'all do. For sure. Or anybody do, but I'm just going to get my work done. Prior to that, everybody else is crunching. We getting, we we we, we doing, you know, part, you know, just just not as effective work. We're rushing, putting it in, yeah. just to get it yeah. done. And you, on the other hand, your preparation and and doing it prior to, you know, get yeah. sacrificial labor. You know what I mean? Yeah. When it comes to education, would create that balance. I think that's, I think that's awesome. Yeah. And lastly, uh, nutrition. Oh man. Nutrition, that is a very, <laughs> whew, that's, that's, well, it's not a tough one, but, you know, as, as high-end athletes, as young kids and as, as, you know, young adults, sometimes we overlook that. For sure. Um, and it's because, you know, we, we burn so many calories and we doing this and we doing that. So we don't really think of the, the health aspects of nutrition. For sure. For sure. As we're burning so many calories and everything, but you know, I think if we if we are educated early on, um, we probably could have you know different uh, results, you know, with our body with our bodies early on. For sure. And not saying whether you're going to be a healthy individual later on in life or not, but I think the preparation of your body would probably be that much better for you so you can you know be a better athlete uh, from a younger age because you know back then i mean i, I i'm not gonna say i ate ate the cleanest or i, I was always healthy healthy but you know i, I could have done a lot better if i was thinking the way i'm thinking if now we had the knowledge if we had the knowledge on how to yes. instead of doing just creatine you know what i mean we had knowledge on how to eat eat better because if you're getting tired early this diet yeah i mean if your body's not growing the girth you need your muscles not developing is yes. diet if yes. you're not growing because you're not sleeping i mean sleep and stacy and um you know made a good point too about the sleep the sleep is just important as is. as nutrition yes it is yes it really is hey, well my last question i'm gonna let you go right mr topic athletes are being paid now right <laughs> you got the rights to their name yeah i think um, athletes need to be get, need to be getting paid, and this is this is how and why I think it needs to be get happen. Of course, we know the reason why. I don't think athletes said their trade off is their uh, their uh, degree or uh, education being paid for. If that's the case, then I just I don't I don't have I don't need to go to class. Just go to class, yeah. Just yeah. give me my grades. But if I got to go and study and put the work in, I'm earning that degree. Yep. So I think as a freshman. Let's say if the stipend is whatever the stipend is, stipend may be $50,000. Yeah. As a freshman, 
you get $25,000 as a freshman. You don't get the other $25,000 until you graduate. Yeah, you complete it, yep. Here's why. We spend four years in high school. We don't work. Some people don't because you're developing your craft. Four years at college, you can't work because you're on scholarship. Yep. So depending on if you get registered or whatever happened, injury, you're eight to 10 years. I mean, you're, yeah, eight to 10 years out of the job market. As a, as a, as a uh, senior coming out of college, you don't get signed. You don't have no, no work experience. Yeah. That's, that's the drop where athletes are being, that's the loophole right there. So I think athletes should be paid, and I think it should be, be paid in that way. That way, alleviate that 25000 will alleviate at least two or three years. So you find a job, or are you working to, you know, travel and trying to get on as a basketball player? Like, you have those things to help pay some bills and keep going. What's your thoughts on that? You're, you took the words out of my mouth. I've, I've always been saying it, um, and you made a great point. I would <clears throat> I wouldn't I wouldn't give you know the student athlete everything up front because um, I think it would it needs to be incentivized for sure um, you know so the system wouldn't get taken advantage of like you know the system is taking advantage of athletes <laughs> right. um, but yeah I, I would incentivize it in that way whatever that amount is you know you, you give them something so they can be you know they can live comfortably you know right. I, mean, I mean we know I mean and, and we talk about <laughs> nutrition. You know, we how can how can you expect us to be you know top notch athletes? Can't find food. We working off of ramen noodles. Right, right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and the reason we are working off of ramen noodles is because we can't work, or we can't accept money from anybody, or we jeopardize, you know, it being an NCAA violation. Come on, that don't even make sense. Right. <laughs> so, um. So yeah, I, I think the athletes should get paid. Um. And it's for the same reasons we we're in school for four years, you know, take all those factors, can't work, can't do, you know, a lot of different things. You know, we're, we're in class. We got to come from class. We got to go work out sometimes two times, three times a day, whatever it is. So we are actually working, but we are working for the school. Right. Right. Okay. And yes, we are getting an education, which is one of the longest, you know, excuses I've ever heard and keep hearing that, you know, you're, you're an athlete, you're getting uh, education. Okay. Well, the reason why we are getting an education because that is a prerequisite for an athlete to be in school. (laughs) You said earlier, if it was not a prerequisite, then no one would go to school. Right. So because you made it a prerequisite to get a scholarship, (laughs) then that's the reason why the education quote unquote education part is in there on your scholarship. So and not to mention, we got to make the same grade in less make time. In right. less time. Yes. Just yep. want to put it out there. Yeah. So you know, I, I think they're, I think they're making strides. Um, you know, we 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 were a part of the, I guess the last Mohicans, <laughs> or a few years after that. You know, when they really started getting into it, talk about we need to do something. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we. We went through it uh, for the next generation of kids to be able to take advantage of, you know, um, you know, our labor. They're the beneficiaries of our labor, <laughs> and that's fine. Long as long as long as they're getting it now, we coming to the head. Yep. I think we're. I'm fine. <clears throat> hey, Web man, it's been nice, man. I, I appreciate you. You know, what I mean, spending time on the podcast, and hopefully, this message can, you know, help other families and kids give them an idea of of like. 
you know, the, the, the stories don't change just the time and we keep plugging at it and keep, keep making it happen, man. Well, I appreciate you um, bringing me on and, you know, I'll, I'll leave with one, one thing. Um, don't, don't ever, ever doubt yourself. Um, don't ever let someone doubt you. Um, believe in yourself and, you know, life, life will only happen if you let it happen. For sure. Life will only happen if you let it happen. Now, it could be in a negative manner or it could be in a positive manner. But life will only happen if you let it happen. So appreciate you, man, and proud of you um, for what you're doing with the Day Foundation and everything with being a student athlete advocate. I appreciate that, man. All right. Have a good day. Appreciate you. Thanks. Yes, sir. So there it goes, guys. Another one in the books. Um, that was Cedric Weber talking about his his career and um, – and what basketball has done for his life. Uh, coming up next, we got DJ Mackey, another South Carolina uh, player, University of South Carolina player, and uh, currently a uh, assistant coach at Wake Forest University. Um, great stories, great recruiting stories about BJ. I'm pretty sure you would love to hear about that as well. All right, be right back. What Jermel was doing with Today Foundation and the approach he's taking to help develop young athletes, first of all, getting them prepared from the academic standpoint, which, as you know as well as I do, Bobby, that's the most important element to try to get them to eat healthy, to be able to train properly, to get the proper education, and then hopefully for those who are talented enough to have a chance to move on to perhaps even get a free education by going off to college. But I love what Jermel is doing. It's a wonderful program. Hopefully more people in the community will get behind it and some of the businesses involved as well to help sponsor this program because these are the kind of things that every community needs. Looking out for the best interest of the youth. The future of this country is in our youth. And everything that we can do to help prepare them better for that is absolutely wonderful. And, and I can't express adequately enough my admiration and respect for what Jermel is doing and hopefully he'll get a lot of help from a lot of people. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month. Thank you.